0: Welcome back to Life's a Garden. Before we get started, I am very excited to announce my band's first show of 2022. February 18th, down at Craft Local. Here's the exciting part. This potentially could be at the new location, which is the old Carlin building. So, Craft Local's been moving... They got the new venue. I'm very excited. I've been wanting to play in this new venue. And they might be opening it right before the show. So we're hoping. Either way, old venue, new venue, I want to see your asses out there. This is a free show, which means no money required to come out and listen to some awesome live music. Support local music. Support local business. We're playing with One Second to Go and Mob Skeeto. Show starts at 7 o'clock. You can check out the details on, my ba- on the Cutthroat band page. Um, you can go to the Craft Local page. They'll have all the details. Uh, we got the event page up. So keep that in the books. And I want to see you all out there, especially if you have not seen my band yet. And we'd be much appreciated. So there's your housekeeping notes for the day. Let's get this one going. We'll crack open a cold one. It's episode 86 of Life's a Garden. Oh my freaking God. 86 episodes in the books, and we keep on keeping on. Thank you all for joining me again for another week of Life's a Garden. Thank you so much, as always. Hope you guys have had a great week. Hope you guys are doing well, staying positive, reaching for the stars, making your dreams come true. That's the whole... That's the whole goal and message of the Life's a Garden podcast. We want you all to to uh, be your best you that you could possibly be. So I hope you're having a great week. I hope you're doing well. Hope hope everything's going well. And if if everything is not going well, I hope that changes very soon for you. Just keep a positive outlook. Now, let's start off by addressing the Coors light in the room. Yes, I broke my dry January. I am a failure. I failed at sober October. I have a failed at dry January. But in my defense, here's what I'll say. I did this completely by choice. It wasn't like I fell off the wagon and just had to have a beer or that I, you know, broke my 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 dry streak. I went 15 days. And after 15 days, I felt like, hey, I feel as though I have accomplished what I set out to do. And what that was, was to have a little reset, mental, physical reset from alcohol, just a little cleanse. And I absolutely felt like I had done that. 15 days. You don't, I mean, you really don't realize how long 15 days are until you start counting. You're like, oh shit, it's been... X amount of days since I drank and it feels like forever ago. So, you know, it, that's all it, all it is. You know, I, I didn't, I don't feel like I, I don't feel like a failure to myself. I, I literally looked at myself, said to myself, I was like, you know what? I feel as though I've done what I, what i set out to do and I'm okay with, with breaking, like not, not making it the full month. That wasn't necessarily the goal. The goal was not the number of days. The goal was, um, obviously that's what I had originally set out to do, but the goal was to feel better, to alleviate myself from a period of, of consistent drinking, and I did that, and I feel great, and I'm happy about it, so cheers, y'all. Here we are. We got the Coors Light. We're back. Mwah. Ooh, I missed you. Ooh, that tastes good. Oh, that tastes good. And so we're back. We're back to the uh, the drinking phase. And, and you know what? That leads us right into a beautiful first story of the episode. So, oh, and, and I, I should mention also, since the 15-day break, I think I've maybe even drank three or four times since then. It's not like I've been out bendering it up. That being said, let us begin with story number one. Last weekend, uh, I went out and watched the amazing divisional round of the football game, of the NFL playoffs. Y- you should know by now that might have been one of the best weekends in NFL football playoff history. So, I was out on Sunday, went out, had some breakfast at Hooligans, started drinking a little bit, and. Um, Watched the Buccaneers game, Bucks lost. Then went over to the Crystal. Now here was the plan: the plan was to go home or to uh, to go have a couple drinks at the Crystal, watch till halftime of the Bills-Chiefs game, then go home, make some dinner, edit the podcast, and and call it a night. Had to work the next day. Not quite how plans went. I popped my happy ass into the casino won a couple bucks, won like 50 bucks, came back out, it was about halftime already, so I was like, yeah, fuck it, I'll just stay here, finish watching the game. Little did I know, it was going to be the most nail-biting game all season. If you're unaware, I am not a Chiefs fan. I actually, as a, as a contrary, hate the Chiefs. You've heard me discuss this before. Disdain. Hate. Whatever negative words you want to use. That's my feelings about the Kansas City Chiefs. So, of course, go Bills. And I like Josh Allen. I like a lot of the players on the Bills, actually. And they're an underdog. You know, they haven't ever won a Super Bowl. Let's get them one. Let's let them go. So I'm voting for the Bills. It's a great game, back and forth. And as the you know, as the game's progressing, the drinks are flowing. And I'm getting excited. I'm getting rowdy. I got my hat on backwards. I got my sunglasses on indoors. I'm hooting and hollering, jumping around. There's maybe six people in the bar. It's not busy. And I'm telling you, like, I go in this place a lot. And all the bartenders are like, Jesus, I have never seen you this excited or this, like, this animated before. Um, and so I don't – it was like right at the end when the when the bills went up before the game was like it was it was pretty much it seemed like the game was a lock. There was no chance the Chiefs were going to go down and tie it. So I'm like, "Yeah, Bills going to win. I'm buying the bar around a shot we're going we're doing this the Chiefs ain't going to the play or the Super Bowl." Well, as you may already know, the Chiefs went down. They scored the game tying field goal. Game goes to overtime. Chiefs win the toss, the coin flip, they get the ball, they go down, they score, they win. So here I am, all after being all amped up, all excited, We lo- they lost, the Bills lost, the Chiefs won. And I had already promised shots, so I bought a round of shots. It wasn't a joyous round, it was a depressive round. I'm sure everybody else appreciated it. Because they didn't care about the game nearly as much as I did. And so I took my drunk happy ass home. Went and stopped and got me some McDonald's. And um, proceeded to, uh, to convey my feelings of the moment to social media. I took a video of me. In my drunken state, expressing my emotions toward what had just happened, and I posted it on Snapchat. I posted it on Facebook. Facebook. I posted it on Facebook. I don't do that ever. I don't post videos of myself to Facebook. Luckily, I woke up in the middle of the night, realized the error of my ways, and deleted them all. But for for the, your viewing pleasure, here's part of it. Go Bengals, I guess. Joe Burrow! Joe Burrow all the way! Here I am, I got, I got a fucking free apple pie. You think that heals my wounds? No way! Not even close! I hate the Chiefs more than you can imagine. Go Joe Burrow! Josh Allen! The Bills! They didn't get it done! What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? If the Chiefs make the Super Bowl, I'm gonna fucking freak out. So there you go. That's me in my drunken stupor, and uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I did get that free pie, didn't heal my wounds, and I, just me repeating a lot of the same shit as as what you would expect. Go Joe Burrow. Go Bengals. The Bengals. I hope win the upcoming game or the game that was yesterday when this comes out. But here's what I'll say. Okay, and I and I made a very astute um observation over the weekend and over the week that I that I've come to realize um and it's very important actually and I I think this is important for everybody to to realize so when I do things like that when I kind of make an ass of myself I was at the bar hooting and hollering having fun um kind of being obnoxious I'm sure I you know when I drink I say and do some kind of stupid shit I uh things that I normally probably wouldn't do in a sober state I post stupid videos of me rambling and say because I hear I think I'm funny you know I think I'm funny in my drunken stupor I thought that would be amusing and maybe it was for some people well then I wake up and I start recollecting what all I had done the night before and I just can't typically help but feel a bit embarrassed right? I'm like, God, why, did I, why would I do that? Why would I say such a dumb thing like that? And then I'm posting this. I look like a goofball. I'm hooting and hollering at the bar. Everybody thinks I'm a goon. And the observation I've made and the thing I'm, I'm looking to change here is absolutely not. I, I'm no longer am going to feel embarrassed about being fun because that's just it. Yeah, I might be a little annoying. I might be a little over the top. I might say some stupid shit. But fuck it, dude. I mean, that's what people do when they drink sometimes. And and here's the thing. I'm not aggressive. I'm not out here trying to start fights. I'm not out here trying to be rude to people. I'm not uh I'm not getting in altercations. I'm not doing anything bad. I'm not being a bad person. I'm just being a silly person, and there's nothing wrong with being a silly person or doing silly things. There's nothing to regret. There's nothing to be embarrassed about. People know who I am. I know who I am, and sometimes we get a little silly, and there's nothing wrong with that. So that's the whole point I'm, gonna, I'm trying to make here. I will no longer be embarrassed by my drunken stupidity. Now, if I do things that are, that are regrettable, then yeah, but that's not who I am. I just be silly. I just do funny things and I, and yeah, they might not necessarily be funny in hindsight, but it's not like conscious, like superly like alert on his toes, me. So when I do silly shit, I'm going to work on not beating myself up over it because it's not worth being feeling upset about it or being like down on yourself. So, no longer with that. I am I am fine with who I was that night. I don't regret it. If people were upset about it, fuck them. You know? Fuck them. Because I'm me. The only thing I can be is me. And so, what you see is what you get, and what you get is what you see. Because I'm me. Anyway, um... I actually want to talk about the football games though. I want to break I want to kind of talk some football, break it down a little bit. Um, let's talk about those games first and then we'll kind of move forward. The the AFC NFC championship games. We got the Rams versus the 49ers, big upset there. 49ers beat the Packers. I'll say this right now, okay? When I watched Aaron Rodgers lose and walk off the field, there was almost no doubt in my head. He's looking at he's looking on Expedia, Trivago. He's booking a one-way ticket to somewhere else and I'm hoping and praying that place is Denver, Colorado. And I got a good feeling it very well could be. Broncos just hired Nathaniel Hackett who is the Packers' offensive coordinator. So there's a connection there now. Denver needs a quarterback. We got a lot of money. They don't have – the Packers need to, to uh, free up some money. We got a lot of trade capital. It's a perfect match in my books. Just saying. So my prediction is Rodgers going to be donning the orange and blue next year. But we will see. Anyway, uh, so Packer, or, uh, 49ers, Rams. Rams beat the Bucks. That was a good game as well. All of them were good games. Um, this, this episode will be coming out, and we'll know who's in the Super Bowl. That game, I predict the Rams are going to win. The 49ers are not to be slept on. Look at what they've done. They've come this far. They were a, a dark horse coming into the playoffs. So I wouldn't be shocked if they win. I got the, I got the Rams. I would like to see the Rams go. Uh, I like Matt Stafford. Obviously, my boy Von Miller's on the team uh Cooper Cups the cool ki- you know there's there's guys on the team I don't want to see get a ring like Odell Beckham and Jalen Ramsey but there's more guys that I want to see get a ring and that I think deserve a ring Sean McVay the head coach for sure um they'd be the second team next to the Bucks back-to-back years to play in their home stadium in the Super Bowl so that's interesting too on the other side the AFC obviously we have the Bengals Joe Burrow the, um, the Messiah, the current Messiah who I will be praying to for the next 24 hours. And the devil incarnate, the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, I don't think it's any secret who I want to win this game. Um, I think this is very up in the air. I, mean, I couldn't even make you a prediction as to who I think's going to win. I'd be biased because I'm going to say the Bengals. I want the Bengals to win. I think the Bengals can win. Of course, I do think the Chiefs definitely have a chance to win. I'm got my. i putting all my eggs in the Joe Burrow basket, baby. Go, Joe. Uh, they've shown they can beat them already. They did it once before. I think that game might have been in Cincinnati. I don't remember. Either way, they've shown they can beat Kansas City. So they've shown they have the firepower to do it. With the way that Kansas City defense is... They'll be able to pour the points on if they want. As, as long as they don't, as long as that O-line doesn't play like they did last week, they should have a chance. So, we'll see. Here's here's the hoping. Because the Bengals have only been to one Super Bowl ever. Here's another reason I want the Rams to win. Because if the Niners win, either the Bengals win and play the Niners, which has already been a Super Bowl. That was the only Super Bowl that the Bengals ever played in. It's against Joe Montana and the 49ers. Or we get the 49ers versus the Chiefs, which just happened two years ago. Which, by the way, I didn't even remember. That's how much I blocked that Super Bowl out. That's how much I can't stand the fact that the Chiefs even have a Super Bowl ring in, like, this century. Because the, uh, I didn't even realize the the Niners were the team that they beat. I didn't remember that at all. So the Niners were just in the Super Bowl two years ago. I I was blown away when somebody told me that. So, we don't want to see that again. Let's have something new. So, we definitely want the Rams in. Either way, Bengals, if it's Bengals or Chiefs, I think that's a good game. Um, but I'm definitely pulling for the Bengals, as you could guess. So, we will see. We will know We'll know by the time this episode airs who's in the Super Bowl. Either way, no matter what the outcome is, just absolutely unabashedly fuck the Chiefs um let's see other news in football though but the probably the biggest news of the weekend uh, absolutely Tom Brady man Tom Brady's retiring I did not think this was going to happen and you say that every year every well every year people think he's going to retire and then you think Dude, the guy was the number one passing yard leader this year. Has no signs of slowing down. I'm shocked by this. Like, I actually did not think he was going to retire. He was saying he was going to play till 50, and I believed him. Now, there are speculations that he may still decide not to retire, but from everything I've seen, it sure seems like that's the direction it's going to go. And so, with that being said... My whole life, growing up, I absolutely hated Tom Brady. Not for the fact that he was so good, or the fact that he won all the time, or the fact that Patriots fans might be in the top five most annoying fans in the world. My hatred for him mostly came to the fact that he usually got the better of my Broncos. Actually, and you know what? Now that I say that out loud, that's a lie. I, I want to point out this fact. The Denver Broncos are the only team to have a winning record against Tom Brady. How about them apples, motherfuckers? Take that stat. Denver Broncos, the only team in the NFL to have a winning record against Tom Brady. What's up? What's up? So, but he did dash our, our playoff hopes a couple times and we dashed his a couple times. So that it is what it is when it comes to all that. Um, and that would, that basically was the level of hatred I always had for him. It it mostly was, was that we had such a rivalry with the Patriots for so long. But what I'll say now is the undeniable truth. He's undeniable. He is undeniably the greatest NFL quarterback to ever play the game. Were there things that other players did better? Yes. Other, there's players who had better arms. There's players who had better accuracy. There's players who, who uh, game-planned better, who were better, um, better signal callers. But I would say Brady's number one quality, the thing that set Brady aside from anything else, his leadership he is through and through a leader and he expects the best out of everyone that he plays with and it shows it clearly shows look at the rings i mean he he spends one year in tampa bay and they immediately win the super bowl i mean that doesn't always happen manning came to denver it took him four years to get a ring yeah we went twice but the Bucks went to the playoffs deep twice. Or, you know, obviously won the Super Bowl and then went to the playoffs this year. It says a lot to who he is as, as a quarterback. And clearly a good quarterback as well. Talent-wise, talent very, very good. And no human being, I think, has ever looked better at 44 than they did when they came into the league. That's impressive. Or at least, yeah, he, the guy looks stunning. I mean he's he's an anomaly holds all the records and you know what that's as much Tom Brady dick sucking as I'm going to do because that's not something I do often cheers to Tom Brady on a on an awesome career it was an honor to watch you and and I'm sure in my age I will be that guy that's like man when I I used to watch Tom Brady and he was a motherfucker he was so good and so for that I respect you, Tom. You are the greatest of all time. Enjoy retirement. Cheers. So yeah, uh, I think that's pretty much it for football news. We'll see what happens with the Super Bowl and all that. That'll be coming up. Um, let's stay in the let's stay with the sports topic here because I also over the weekend watched the UFC fights. I'm not going to get too detailed in the fights because there's nothing to really write home about. I thought Brandon Moreno won the, the uh, fight between him and Figueredo. But it's not like you couldn't give it to Figueredo. Figueredo definitely did, did enough in that fight to, to not be confused and think that he definitely didn't win. But the main one I want to talk about is the heavyweight fight. The big one. The big dog. Francis Ngannou versus Cyril Ghosn. Um, I said last week on the podcast, I thought Francis was going to win. I think he has more. I thought he had more heart. I thought he had way more to lose. He 100% had way more to lose. And he did it. He bet on himself and he won. So for anybody who isn't clear on the situation, Francis Ngannou is currently in a contract dispute with the UFC. He thinks he deserves more money. I agree with him. He's the heavyweight champion. He is now proven that he is the number one heavyweight in the world when it comes to mixed martial arts. He, he beat the greatest heavyweight of all time, Stipe Miocic, to, to earn the title. And he just beat the number one contender, who everyone thought was the, the most skilled heavyweight on the planet. So he's proven he's the best. So he already he, he's already shown he deserves the money. He also wants a clause where he's allowed to box, which he would be boxing Tyson Fury, the current uh, WBC heavyweight champion. And uh, that would be a huge fight. Why the UFC does not want to get on board with that, I have no idea. They'd be involved, so they'd make money on it. That makes no sense why they wouldn't want a part of that. And so... He fought his last fight on his contract. He retained the championship, which means he has to hold the title for another year before he relinquishes it and is relieved of his contract. Or he has to fight another fight, which he's not going to do. For one, he has to sit out a year. He tore his ACL. So he's out for a year no matter what. Then you have the fact that... um, he, uh, fucking lost my train of thought. You have the fact that Dana White, fuck, what was I, oh, I was talking about the, uh, oh, he has to sit out a year, he's not going to fight another fight, because if he loses the title, then the fight with Tyson Fury isn't as exciting, you, he has to be the current champion, now here's the other flip side, Dana White, obviously the UFC doesn't want to cow down or whatever, I, they don't want to be held by, at ransom, too late brother. He already won the fight. So, either way, you have to just let him hold the title for a year. And then, and then that, now what? So, you got John Jones waiting in the wing. They've been waiting to bring out John Jones in the heavyweight. He's only going to fight for a title. So, what? Now you fight him and Stipe for the interim title? Nobody's going to buy that because everyone knows Francis is the true champion. The only fight you can do where it even makes sense is Jones versus Ninganu. So, really, you got to make the deal problem with that is he is still out for a year because of the injury, so it doesn't matter on that aspect. But here's, here's, here's my big beef with the whole thing, okay? Dana White didn't put the belt on Francis. He didn't strap the belt on Francis like he typically does when a champion wins. He'll be the one to strap the belt on them. And he didn't show up to the press conference. I love Dana White, but I have a huge problem with this. That's a bitch move. To not to not only skip doing uh, putting the belt on the guy who you're clearly having confrontation with, but to not show up at the press conference, you got all these other fighters that went out and and put their bodies and lives on the line. You can't answer or ask question or you know be there to answer questions about those guys too. You're just gonna snub the whole press conference because of one guy. That's a bitch move, man. And Dana White needs to answer for this. He did have an interview, which was a softball interview from a UFC employee about this whole situation in which he said that the excuse for him not being cage side for the uh, heavyweight fight and why he didn't put the belt on and why he didn't uh, go to the press conference was because he had an emergency. Seems pretty convenient timing there, Dana. If you ask me. So, maybe it's true. Maybe it's not. I don't buy it. Dana's got a lot of explaining to do. They better get this deal done with Francis because that dude earned this. He has earned his, his right to be paid like a top-tier guy. And, I mean, this is a guy... We're talking about Francis Agano, a guy who came from Cameroon, Africa... Worked in a, in a sand mine. F- went through the jungles. And, and was put in prison. And, and, and all this stuff to try and, and get his way to France. So that he could learn how to be a fighter. That was his dream was to be a boxer. And he went through jungles. And he spent years in, in uh, refugee camps and in fucking uh, prisons. To try and get his freedom. To which he gained and then went on to become the UFC heavyweight champion. They're gonna write movies about this guy. And you're gonna you're gonna try and and fight him over some money? You gotta be kidding me here. Billion dollar corporation. Make it make the deal happen, Dana. Don't be a bitch about it. And that's all I gotta say about that. Um Speaking of UFC, keeping in the same vein, Joe Rogan is back in the news. My boy. My uh podcast idol per se. Back in the news. They're at him again. They're trying to they're trying to get after him again. This time though, it's not just the mainstream media. Oh no. Neil Young. Neil Young everybody has has entered the chat. And I'm sure most of you are saying, who? Right now? Yeah. I mean, I know who Neil Young is. But also, who? Neil Young, a.k.a. the third member of the uh, puppets that sit up in the balcony and heckle the Muppets, came out and said that he will, that he wants all of his... His catalog removed from Spotify so long as Joe Rogan is on the platform. He said it's either Joe Rogan or Neil Young. Well, let's just think about that for a second. Let's put on our Spotify shoes for half a second. Let's put on our businessman caps and think about Neil Young, an old musician who's half of his audience doesn't even know what Spotify is, or Joe Rogan, who gets 15 million views every episode. Number one podcast in the world. Who do you think they're going to pick? And, and lo and behold, yeah, they did. They, they, they took Neil Young's catalog off of Spotify, and Joe's staying. They're sticking to their guns, which is good. Now, Neil, uh, uh, apparently from what I've understood, is he uh, he didn't want to be on Spotify in the first place. This was just kind of just like a move for him to get off of there and, anyway. But it is interesting to me that this is the sword he's choosing to die on. Like, that's the excuse as to why he doesn't want to be on, on Spotify. You know there's a bigger move there. Whether it's just trying to get his name relevant again, or whether it's, you know... They're also saying it might be a move to try and get other musicians to do the same. Well, I mean, Neil, Neil Young's not even the best Neil musician that could demand this. If Neil Diamond demanded this same thing, there'd be a little bit more of a, of a shake-up. But there's, I mean, even still, probably not. I mean, you, the biggest names you could get, maybe like Kanye or Drake, Jay-Z... All three of these guys are business guys. Kanye West walking around in a Trump hat. You think they're going to go against Joe for free speech? Get the fuck out of here, dude. And let's just clarify the whole reason that people are getting after uh, Joe. You had, they had like 200 and some doctors sign a petition saying they wanted uh, Joe taken off of Spotify as well. And all of this because of medical misinformation that Joe has promoted on his podcast. Well, let's think about that for a second. Joe brings on scientists, doctors, experts in their fields. They're the ones who are making, you know, saying these things. And yeah, you could say Joe Rogan is giving them a platform. But whether or not people want to believe all these things or not, that's up to them. Freedom of choice, freedom of speech, freedom of choice. It is what it is. And we're talking about a thing that isn't even a thing anymore. Isn't it time that we realize, hey, COVID's over, dude. It's been two freaking years of this shit. COVID is over. I'm, se- I'm 75% sure I had it two weeks ago. The reason I say 70... 70- and, and I even got... I got the fucking prick. I got the fucking juice in my arm. And I still got it. Now, I say 75% sure that I got it because... One, I didn't get tested. So I can't be 100% sure. Two, and the reason I'm more... Uh, on the on the certain side I had it was because so, so many people around me had it at the same time that I had gotten sick. So it's an easy assumption to say that I probably got it. I probably got that Omnicron. That bullshit. And, uh... Now, and the re- and now so 75%... I'm sure I got it, uh, that it was COVID, and then the reason I'm 25% unsure, stop me if you heard this, it's just like the flu, just like the flu, I didn't notice, it could have been anything, I had a sore throat, tiny bit of a cough, and a runny nose, that was it, no fever, No breathing problems, no chills, no nothing. It could have been the common cold for all I know. So we're still out here pretending like it's the plague. I mean, people die of everything. People die of the cold. People die of the flu. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is another one of those. Stop talking about it. Here's the other thing. Okay. You got, we're going after Joe Rogan, right? You got, I don't see a single musician, a single actor, a single whoever going after the mainstream media saying, I'm not going to be a part of Warner or I'm not going to be a part of Comcast or who the fuck ever because all these, because MSNBC, CNN, who the fuck ever is spreading misinformation about ivermectin with Joe Rogan. Uh, Kyle Rittenhouse. Misinformation about the riots and BLM and things like that. They, They clearly leave out information. To sway the public perspective. Yet nobody's calling for their heads. No, no, no. Let's go after the guy who's taking all our jobs. That makes sense, don't it? Rather than... Rather than going after... all these other you know it's it, it's it's blows my mind we're going to go after a guy who preaches about health and wellness he's done it his whole life but nobody said like nobody brings up that nobody's talking about how good that's been and we're going to just <laughs> it's just crazy to me and the other crazy thing to me is with neil diamond coming out and going after joe saying he wants him deplatformed The guy's got a song called Rockin' in the Free World. (laughs) Well, seems like it might be time to change the lyrics to that song. Keep on rockin' in the not-so-free world. They should change the, the name of that song to Keep on rockin' in the free world that's not so free because corporations rule everything and you can only say and you can't say this you can only say certain things world (laughs) keep on rocking in the free world for the people for some people and not others it's only free for some people and not others only the people that we want to be free (laughs) oh boy we're talking about a comic we're talking about a guy who just talks for a living that's all he does he just has conversations he has he has medical experts on there he has scientists he has athletes he has people who make jokes he has he just talks when did it ever become a crime just have a conversation and think just just have open thoughts You can't just think and make other people think. No more talking in the free world. No more talking, baby. You gotta be censored. You can only say certain things. You can only say the things that we deem deem okay. That's the free world. No more talking for Joe Rogan in the free world. Cause it's so fucking free. Jesus, what an absolute definition of irony. <laughs> uh, you, got, you got guys like OJ Simpson out here on Twitter. You want to talk about bad dudes on, on social media? OJ Simpson... If you don't know him, I think you—I think you heard of him. I think you know a little about him. He's got a voice. He's able to say whatever the fuck he wants. What's up, Twitter world? You ever seen that? Those OJs. What's up, Twitter world? Keep on rocking in the Twitter world. OJ's out here got social media. You got fucking Taliban and known terrorists who are still allowed to be platformed on Twitter and Instagram and all these fucking things. They're allowed to show beheadings and shit. I don't know if they're allowed to, but they still do. And their, their accounts don't get banned. So it's just free for the ones that it's only free for those who, who, uh, are allowed to be free who, who who people are deemed to be free you got corrupt politicians out here openly saying that they insider trade right they openly say that they that they want to be allowed to insider trade you don't think they put stock in pfizer and moderna People are like, well, what would be the the play for them to, to keep pushing the booster? Get the third booster. Get the fourth booster. Get the fifth booster. It's all about money. If you haven't figured it the fuck out yet, everything and anything that happens in corporation or politics is solely based on money. Absolutely. Unabashedly. You think, everyone's like, but the shots are free. Are they? You really think those are free? You think they're just handing out medicine? This is America. When have they ever handed out free medicine? Somebody's got to pay for it. And guess what? It's you and your hard-earned tax dollars because the government paid for all that medication, which went right back in the corporate corporation's pockets. And guess who bought stock in the corporation? The politicians. Welcome to the fucking free world, everybody. You want any more uh, of an instance of corporations doing things solely for money? Look at what just happened this week. The uh, M and M's, M and M Corporation, came out and and they decided we're gonna have a big press release, ad campaign, press release. All the M and M's mascots will no longer be, um, uh, whatever. They're we're gonna make them all androgynous, basically, is what the whole thing was. We're the we're taking the the high heel boots off of the green M M&M. and M. She's not gonna have eyelashes or. Lipstick. She'll still be a girl. I think. Or she'll be a they. They'll be the they M&Ms. And uh, whatever. They're androgynous now. They're making them more, uh, more culturally appropriate. What the fuck ever it is. Who knows. I don't know. Guess what. They're candy. We're talking about pieces of chocolate. I didn't know we needed to make pieces of chocolate androgynous. I didn't know that was such a big pinnacle of social justice is that our candy has to be gender neutral but there's the but the point of it is it had nothing to do with being socially justice or being being woke or being. On the, on the right side of history. It had nothing to do with that. Why would they do that? Why would they make a big press release? And why would they make this big publicity stunt? For money. The, the, you think the M&M Corporation gives a single fuck about what is in between your legs? Or what gender or what pronouns you use? They don't give a fuck. They don't give a fuck what the M&M's classify themselves as. It's a publicity stunt for money because if they truly did care, if they were really like, man, this is a big issue to me. I really think we need to be more open and like be more open-minded and, and get behind the LGBTQ community or whatever. They would have just done it behind closed doors. One day you would have looked at an ad on, on Eminem's ad and you would have just seen that the green m M&M m had changed, they would have never made a big statement about it. They would have never done anything about it. They just would have done it without making a, a big deal about it because but making a big deal about it is free advertisement. People are talking about it. People are seeing m m s hearing about m m s It's all publicity for money because in the end politics and corporations are the fucking same and the and they hold one true common thing and that is they don't give a fuck about any of you the only thing they care about is money food for thought everybody just keep that in mind the next time you're voting I'm going to vote for this guy cuz he gives cuz he cares about Benjamin Franklin. I'm going to vote for this guy cuz he cares about about my cause. <laughs> he don't give a fuck about your cause, dude. He doesn't care about it, any of it. Anyway, my rant over. That's that for that. Keep on cockin' in the free world. Keep on cockin' in the free world. <laughs> on to some better news. On to some, something more exciting, definitely for me, that I have to announce. This announcement was made um, a little while ago, very recently, I had heard rumblings. I had, I had heard rumors of this. And it only had just recently been officially confirmed. This might very well be the single greatest bit of news that I have heard in the last 10 years. King of the Hill. Is coming back. If you don't know me. You should know. King of the Hill. Is my absolute. Favorite. Television show. Of all time. Mike Judge and Greg Daniels. The original producers. Are joining up again. To bring back. The greatest television show. Of all time king of the hill and they said that uh it's going to be it's going to take place 15 years uh, 15 years after the original series 15 years after the the last episode which means we're gonna see now i'm not excited i'm i'm honestly not excited about seeing a 50 year old hank or all the guys 50 year old bill 50 year old Boomhauer. I pray to God they killed off Peggy because she sucks. I do have a feeling. Now, I don't think they're going to kill off a lot of characters. Um, I think they're going to kill off Lucky and Luann because the voice actors, Tom Petty and um, Brittany Murphy, who voiced those characters, obviously both passed away. And I think they would do the honor to those characters and not keep them in the show I think, I mean, they could easily just make them like have moved away, but personally, I think it works better for the storyline if they have them killed off, because then you add the fact that Luann Luann and Lucky had a daughter, so she'd be like 15, you could add another kid, another daughter or son, whichever, they could be, you know, 12, whatever, that'd be about Bobby's age, and so, and then you would have Hank and Peggy raise those two kids... And then with today's culture and all the bullshit, you could make the girl all confused and Hank would be like, my God, guys are girls and girls are guys. What the hell's going on here? I'm going to kick some ass. Because you know, Hank would have no idea how to handle all that. Um, You'd have a, like a 30 year old Bobby that would be funny. That would be interesting to see how Bobby would be in, in adulthood. Jo- you know, All the kids would be older. Um, you could do it where Dale found out that Nancy had been cheating on him with John Redcorn. Like, there's all kinds of stuff you could do. And I was thinking about this too. So the original thought was that Hank would be the manager finally of Strickland Propane. And then Bobby would be working at Strickland Propane. But if you're a if you're at all familiar with the show, you would know that Bobby has a dream of being a stand-up comic. Well, guess who just moved to Austin, Texas in the pursuit of making a comedy scene? The aforementioned Joe Rogan. King of the Hill is notorious for having special guest voices or special guest appearances on the show. If they have Bobby go even if it's just an episode where Bobby goes to Austin to try and pursue his comedy and Joe Rogan is a special guest, I'm going to lose my freaking mind. My two of my favorite worlds, two of, two of my like two of my top worlds collide Are you kidding me? Joe Rogan in Mike Judge art form? I'm all for it. I'm I'm going to write them and plead with them to make this happen. It would be an absolute shame if this doesn't happen. It'll be interesting to see all the characters as they're older. Like I said, not too excited to see a 50-year-old Hank. But nonetheless, you know... I'll be tuning in every week because the show ended in 2009, I think. And that's about when I really started getting into it. So I never got to watch like new episodes as they were like coming out. So I'm very excited. On the horizon, King of the Hill returns. Return of the King, baby. Yeah. So excited. Um, Another, I guess another thing that came out another favorite thing of mine shine down my favorite band one of my favorite bands they just came out with a new song new album or i guess a new album on the way they just came out with a new song though called um planet zero so up until like the last all, let's just say every single album okay all their albums i have been a tremendous fan of i have enjoyed every single one of them and yes they've had their moments where there was you know creative decisions that i wasn't necessarily excited about or i didn't think it was amazing um but for the most part i have enjoyed everything they've done up until now and um one of my buddies my friend eric who's been on the show many times big another we grew up big shinedown fans and uh he kind of fell off a little ways back. He fell off a couple albums ago. He wasn't a big fan of some of the decisions they made. He does, he, he's not really into it as much anymore. And based on this last song, I am really afraid I might be following suit. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that the rest of the album is good. Or better than what I heard on that first song. Now here's the thing. Throughout the entirety of Shinedown's existence, one thing has remained true and that is that brent smith is one of the greatest vocalists of all time this is a guy i I inspired to be growing up he's got one of the greatest voices he's a great lyricist and uh musically they've been they've been good they've always been really good so this song planet zero if you go listen to it i don't know how you'll agree with me but here's my thoughts The music is very good. The music is actually outstanding. And I think there's a lot. There was a lot of potential there. Which is why it confuses me that Brent dropped the ball on this one. Lyrically, it's it's flat. Like, there's really no substance to the lyrics, personally. And melodically and vocally, it just misses the mark tremendously. I mean, it's like, I see them that he's trying to do something different but it's so different that it's, like, bad. His voice... Like, I don't know if it had to do with the way they recorded it, by the way they mixed it, but his voice just does not sound good at all in that. I mean, you can tell it's still him, and it's just not what we're used to hearing from him, and that's a shame. So I'm praying to God that the rest of the album is not like that song. Like I said, the music is great, which is why I'm so utterly confused. Um... You know, as I mentioned, we have a show coming up, and... I was... Uh, just just since we're talking about songs and songwriting and lyrics and things like that... Um, I... I randomly, just the other day, went and looked through my old songbook. I have an old binder that I have all my songs in. All my old songs I used to write. And... This kind of goes back to the uh, original point from the beginning of the episode about embarrassment. I used to think, I used to be so embarrassed by those songs. I used to think, like, what the hell was I thinking? Why was I, like, that's so lame. That's such a lame premise for a song. Oh, that, that, that melody's whatever. That, l- those lyrics are trash. Anything I could do to, like, degrade myself on that. And this time around when I went back and looked at it, I never really thought about it in the way that I did this time. I kind of analyzed it as an evolutionary way. I was looking at it um, from a standpoint of development and kind of seeing the progression of the way I write songs. And it was interesting. It was interesting to see, like, the steps, the change of steps that I made. So... And it's interesting just to see how I came along in the in the whole process because I didn't take any classes. I didn't. I didn't. I just learned by watching. I learned by listening to music. I learned how to structure a song and structure lyrics just from from listening. I learned my stage performance from listening, uh, heavily inspired by, as I said before, Brent Smith. David Draymond from Disturbed, Chad Gray from Mudvayne and Hell Yeah, Maynard James Keenan from Tool, Ozzy Osbourne, Rob Zombie, the list goes on and on and on, J- Ronnie James Dio. Vocally, lyrically, um, performance-wise, I have modeled myself after so many of these guys. And that's how I learned. That's how I learned how to, how to write a, a song properly. Lyrically, you kind of have to have a little bit of, like, I've I've always been pretty good with words. I've always been I was always good in in uh, language class and English class. I was pretty good at using my words, poetry, and so that was kind of always there a little bit. Obviously, it got better as I was able to make better references and metaphors, rhyming things better, using better words, bigger, like, more intelligent words, rather than the same things to rhyme. In the beginning, when I was looking at these, it it was clear to me that I would use... Basically, I would just use the melody from an already existing song and just write my own lyrics over that. And I always thought that was so, like, dumb of me. It was so... It was so cheap it was a cheap way of doing it uh one of the songs clearly was the melody of dragula from rob zombie and then i just wrote my own lyrics over that so it had that uh so i used that melody and just wrote my own lyrics and, and like i said i thought that was so cheap but looking back on it, it taught me. To do it that way, it taught me how to structure a song. It taught me how to have rhythm and to flow a song. It taught me how to, like, put words. You can't just put any amount of words. You have to make it fit within the the, the rhythm and the and the melody. It taught me how to structure songs because I was just structuring them like songs that already existed so i i realized oh this is a pattern you go verse chorus verse chorus you know you do chorus there's different patterns to how to write a song but you you start seeing similar patterns and it makes you it makes it easier to write a song and then as i'm watching the them progress i start seeing oh here's more original stuff here's more original melody here's more original thoughts still not good you know still progressing and then finally we get to where i am now and it's totally you know it's it's different when i originally would write songs i would write them just the lyrics and the melody i would always write lyrics first and and i only even still today i can only write lyrics with melody i i can't just write out lyrics it has to have a melody to it it's it's kind of bizarre i don't know how how or why that is but it's just how it's always been. So when I used to write songs in previous bands, I would have I would have the song already written and then Justin, my guitar player now, he would write all the music to fit what I had written, which is extremely unconventional. That is not the way to to do it. But it worked for us. Like we were he was able to do it and kudos to him for that. Um, but that's just not the way you're typically supposed to do it. Usually you write the the music first and then you write the words and the lyrics over the, over the, uh, song. So I was getting really good at writing my own shit. And then we would write our, write the music around it. And those were really good. Then I got into another band called Calamity and we started doing it the, the right way, where you would write all the music, and then I would write the lyrics over that. And I found myself like a beginner again. You know, all my shit was so simple. Simple melody, simple lyrics, nothing really, like, no, like, real meaning behind the songs. I couldn't, like, figure out how to write to music. I couldn't figure out a way to, like, make it as good as I, as I could do without and then I got I, you know, started getting better at it. Just started getting better. And now every single song we write in cutthroat, it's I mean they're all music first, and then I come up with the lyrics and the melody and, and all that afterwards. And I'm telling you right now, there's there's some of the best songs I've ever written. So from where I was to where I am, it's it was interesting to see the progression. It's the first time I've ever looked at it that way. And so like I said now, I mean every single song we have has has deep meaning. The lyrics are really good. And I don't mean to toot my own horn, but lyrically and 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 songwriting-wise, I'm pretty fucking good at it. And it I mean like I said, it wasn't always that way. I had to I had to try, I had to practice and get good at it and and keep failing in order to find my footsteps. To get better at it. The amount of songs I have. That will never see the light of day. Because they are just not that good at all. Those songs had to happen. In order for me. To. Get to where I am. In order for me to write. Awesome songs like we have now. So. That's what I'm going to leave you with today. That's the lesson I'm going to leave you with. Practice makes perfect you know. It really does. If there's anything that you're working on whether that's personally or or t- if there's a talent you're working on or if there's just any any kind of thing that that requires effort and you're not seeing the progress that you want to be patient because time and and practice and and, and the more you put into it you'll see results. And that's the first time I've really looked at my, my songwriting that way, like from being a beginner and then to see it didn't just happen. It's not like I just woke up one day and I was good at writing songs. I always had a knack for it, but it had to be refined. You know, a valley isn't made in one day. It's made over time. Drops of water, Drop by drop, it carves away the stone. So just let those drops happen, and you'll carve away. And then and then, before you know it, you see the results. So that's what I'll leave you with today. That's the end message for you. Thank you for sticking around to the end. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. <clears throat> um. Yeah, just I hope you guys have a great week. I hope you guys stay positive. Stay, stay on the ball. Stay, uh, pra- stay practicing. Stay, stay strong into what you do. You'll see those results. Keep on rocking in the free world, baby. It's not as free as you think, but it can be if you let it. It's as free as you let it be. Um, but most importantly, you know what it is. Life's a garden. Dig it.